This is episode 146 with Scotty Reardon and Vanessa Lowe. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. If you struggle to find a helpful perspective from challenges and adversities in your life, you're in for a treat with this episode. This is another one of those episodes of me bringing on former guests to hear their challenges, beliefs and visions of these interesting times to help us all thrive, not necessarily thrive right now in the middle of these challenges, but definitely on the other side of these global challenges and changes. The chat starts with just Scotty and I, and then we bring on his beautiful wife, Vanessa, for the second half of the chat. Scotty and Vanessa are both Paralympic and world champions. Scotty is a single leg above knee amputee, 100 meter sprinter. Vanessa is a double above knee amputee, long jumper and 100 meter sprinter. Both these legends have been on the podcast way back in episode number three for Scotty and episode number five for Vanessa. In these episodes, they share their stories in detail of how they lost their limbs and how this journey has affected them and helped them during their lives. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, it's a must. You need to understand their stories and their authenticity for this episode to truly resonate deeply with you. As a very brief reminder, and not to take away any significance of their accidents, Scotty lost his leg in a farming accident when he was 12 years old, and Vanessa lost both her legs when she was run over by a train at the age of 16. Scotty and Vanessa are both close friends to Marie and I. So we were at their wedding and I was Scotty's best man and they were both at our wedding. And thinking back to it, Vanessa had just won a gold medal at the World Championships in Doha in the long jump, jumped straight on a plane to get home just in time to arrive at our wedding. Now that's commitment. (laughs) Not to take away any of the commitment acknowledgement away from the uh, 28 Swedish people who made the effort, of of course. (laughs) Anyway, in this episode, we discuss... How this isolation period has been an opportunity for Scotty to grow and develop. What personal tools and strategies he's been working on the most. How he's using visualization to help him towards his goals of Tokyo 2021 Paralympics and not just to be there, but to create world's best performances. And we also dive into why you and all of us who aren't professional athletes can use visualization to achieve goals and visions in our life. We discuss the power and importance of adaptability, why Vanessa uses adversities to challenge her ideas about life and her belief systems, why they both believe this world crisis has happened, why this is an opportunity for everyone regardless of how much you've been affected by the COVID period and plenty more great gold knowledge bombs throughout the episode. 
One thing that I didn't get to dive into with Scotty was about his business, what it is and how he's handled how much that it's been impacted by the current global crisis. So Scotty started his own clothing company called SR Sports that specializes in quality sublimated team wear and sportswear for individuals and teams, servicing a variety of different sports at different professional levels from local clubs to professional leagues and also, he offers an exciting range of casual wear. And in fact, I'm wearing one of his awesome t-shirts as we speak and I have a hoodie in the same color. And actually, as I say this, I often wonder how many people listen to my intros of the podcast. So if you're listening to this and you're keen to see what my favorite tee and hoodie from Scotty's range looks like, send me a message on Facebook or Instagram or in an email and I'll send you a pic or a vid showing you why, what my favorite ones are and why. So SR Sports also develop quality work and school uniforms. So as you could imagine, Scotty's business has taken a massive hit due to the COVID crisis and the rules with a lot of these organizations and sports not operating, not needing uniforms. But once again, you'll hear in this episode, Scotty doesn't focus on what he can't control. Simply focuses on what he can control and how he can grow stronger from the current challenges. As I think about it, choosing to surround myself with people like this is no doubt a big part of fueling my optimism, my belief, and my perspectives of the world. So... Now let's hear from the legends themselves, Scotty and Vanessa. Rito, welcome back to Your Life of Impact. Thanks, mate. It seems like it's been a long time, and I guess it probably has. We're, we're almost three years down the track from, from day one, from the first one we did. So You were one yeah, of the first interviews back. I did and released it as episode number three, and the podcast went out in July 2017. So I was actually thinking about it, that it was early 2017 wow. that we recorded that. We were actually on camp up at the yeah, Gold Coast before we went away to uh, Germany and then on to London for the World Championships. Yeah, so we pretty much would be almost three years to the day that we did the last one. So it's good to be back and hopefully we can share a little bit more knowledge. And obviously we've, yeah, like anything, we've grown a lot in the last three years. So yeah, it might be a little bit different to the first time around. Grown a lot, a hell of a lot. That World Championships that we kind of fluffed over, you won a gold medal. So well done, mate. You're the world champion there. And then also I was best man at your wedding since the, the last yeah. episode as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and that was kind of when you came out as well and you had to invite a third person along to the wedding as well. So we realised that you were pregnant with Marie as well. So, yeah, there hasn't been, hasn't been a lot happened in the last, uh, last three years, which is, which is awesome. That's right. We took our announcement photo at your wedding where yeah. we took a photo, the first photo together to show that Marie was pregnant. True. Look at that. Yeah. Lots of, <laughs> lots of uh, beautiful memories under the bridge, mate. Yeah, absolutely. So I think... One really big change that's happened uh, in the world is obviously what we're all experiencing all together at this time, and that's the the the, the COVID isolation period and the, the pandemic that the world is going through. How has your experience been through this period of time? How has it impacted you as an individual and as an athlete and then also with your company? And, and you can talk about what that entails. 
Yeah, so for me personally, I've actually seen this as a pretty good opportunity to time to kind of set back and, and grow and develop as much as I possibly can. It, it's, we live in a, such a fast-paced world and if you kind of get involved with that, it just so much happens so fast. And I think just with a little bit of the change and because I obviously am an athlete full-time predominantly, it, it's given me a bit of time to – oh, it's given me a bit back a little bit more time, I guess. And, and with that time, you kind of spend a little bit more – just making sure you're working on myself and, and making sure that, yeah, I'm looking after myself first and foremost. And then from there, you can kind of start looking after to more people and, you know, reach out to more people and, and make sure that everyone's still connecting. And it's, it's been a good opportunity that, you know, sometimes we don't pick up that phone as much as we should to make sure we're still connecting with the people that we, we know and we love. And we, we are, I've obviously kind of come a bit disconnected with people over time. And, and now it's pretty easy because like a lot of people who are working from home, you pick up a phone kind of any time of day and they're looking for something else better to do at that point and you have a bit of a chat so regularly get call for my sister just just checking in and, and things like that so it's yeah for me personally I've actually this has been a good time for me good time just to kind of reset where my mind was good time just to kind of change up a little bit you know I've been an athlete now for well 2008 I started then 2008 so you know we're 12 years down the track in my athletics career and it was probably what I needed to kind of get me through that next couple of years as an athlete. So for me personally, it's been been a good experience. I think just yeah, it's been able to enabled me to yeah, just do some things that I probably wouldn't normally have the time to be able to do. What do you mean by that? That it's actually helped you. So it's probably you said that it's probably what you needed to get you through this next part of your athletic career. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, as I mentioned just then, like I've been an athlete for, for so long. And when you've done something like I have for at the level that I have for, for such a long period of time, it becomes, becomes a bit exhausting, I guess. I think it's probably the best way to put it. And it just that, that daily routine, you know, you're doing the same thing. Like I, I, for the last 12 years, I've pretty much been going to training at the same time, doing the same type of things, you know, day in, day out, six days a week for, for 12 years. And, and, you know, I, I love it and I enjoy it and, and you know, I wouldn't be doing anything else at this point in my life, but, but it just kind of becomes, I guess, becomes a little bit stale a little at, at certain times and you just kind of, I, I guess, a, a refresh in what you're doing. So you just be able to you know, just kind of go to my garage and do gym and you just spend time doing stuff still doing what I need to be doing but just doing it in a little bit different environment it's just been able to just refresh my mind a little bit as well and honestly I think I'm probably in the best mental space that I've been in in a long time in terms of where I am in sport like I was already getting back I had a kind of post that 2017 world championships that we just spoke about I kind of struggled a little bit post that just for a number of reasons and I was starting to get back onto the right track and as, as Tokyo was building up we were kind of getting into that space again where I was ready to go but just this time here just come back again reset the button again and we now can push forward and, and I know that next you know 12 to, to 18 months to two years is going to be probably the best couple of years of my career and I, I really believe that yeah this time now has been has enabled to, to kind of push my career probably a little bit longer than what I was originally intending do you mind if i loop back to where you said that you struggled after those 2017 world championships what do you mean by that yeah it was it was an interesting time i I, i've sat back and i've reflected on it quite a quite a bit i said in the lead up to world championships it was probably one of the hardest periods of my life as an athlete i well, myself and a group of athletes, we we saw that there was a, a few issues within the sport at the time, and we ne- we knew that we needed to do something about it. And we had some rules that what we believed that needed to be changed to make our our classification fairer across the board. And I kind of took lead on making sure that 
that was that our voices were being heard. And as it turned out, there was some some rule change that were made that kind of fixed the problem. It didn't entirely fix the problem, but the problem was no longer ours. There's a whole different issue there. But because of that, certain athletes were actually having personal attacks at me through media for a long period of time. So like I had a kind of a different motive for that World Championships in 2017 where winning was not just for me, it was more for the sport. And I think I need, really needed to do that to actually, you know, make sure that, you know, you stand up for what's right and you stand up and you, and you push it no matter what's happening and the, the pushback that you get from, from some people who I don't think truly understood what was actually trying to be done and see one small part of a picture. Yeah, that, that was tough. And that took a lot of mental strength and resilience to actually get through that period of time and actually stay you know, 100% focused on that task. And I think the energy that I kind of, put into making sure that the result went my way and made sure that we, you know, not only on the track but off the track as well, it really took a lot out of me and it took a lot of the fun out of it post that because I think when I kind of came back, I didn't really have a chance to sit back and reflect and, and kind of move on from it. It was kind of always still there and I kind of dragged that into the next couple of years uh, when I was trying to race and to compete and, and then kind of picked up a couple of injuries and and things like that as well. So it kind of all just snowballed, I guess. And it just got to a point where, what would have been, probably just over 12 months ago, I think it would have been, that I kind of realised that, yeah, I wasn't right. Like I, mentally, I wasn't fine. Like I was struggling to get up and, and train every day at 100% capacity. Like I'd still go and train. I'd still do everything I could. But just everything around sport was just becoming difficult. And I really wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And when I sat back and actually reflected on why that would be, and then I, I think it, I kind of, put a lot of that into the energy that 2017 took out of me and I didn't have the chance, well, I didn't give myself the chance to be able to to kind of close that chapter and then move on to what was next, learn from it and really be proud of what I was able to achieve in that period of time and then kind of push on from there. It was it was definitely still something that was open um, that I needed to, to make sure that was going to be complete and kind of close that chapter in, in my sporting career and, and push on from there. I'm going to just give my context of this for all the listeners <clears throat> to explain what Scott is talking about there from my perspective. So just in a real brief, but essentially uh, Scott is a, a single leg above knee amputee and races against other double amputees and there's different types of blades that people can have and knee joints. And the, the fight that Scotty was going for was around the fairness of the fact that he can race against guys with that are double amputees that don't have a knee joint. And they, if you look at just the basics of things like their stride length is double and the, the safety of how they swing out to the side and go through the lanes, they almost wipe out the competitors. It's just crazy to see in that way. And there was a, there was a lot of other issues going on. But I just want to say that, uh, you know, the place that you came from was in light of what was best for the sport and what was best for uh, what you believe for your classification. And I, when I look at, the, you know, you won that, the, the win of that race was phenomenal for so many different reasons. But when you look at it physically, I like to make the little joke that when you look at that one competitor from uh, the UK that was, you know, causing a lot of the the shit he's bloody tall like the Usain Bolt looking uh, athlete in in your sport and you're like this little jack rabbit from out western New South Wales of Tamora so to see you two shape up and to see you smoke him down the track in that way from a physical um, capacity let alone everything else that was behind that it was it was a really cool win to see and beyond all of that it, it 
your beautiful wife, who I was the best man at your wedding for, she's a double leg amputee. So it's not like you're saying double leg amputee shouldn't compete. What And that's, you know, she, this is what I loved about it too, where Vanessa competing was competing with different rules about utilizing the knee joints because she believes in that safety and also the fairness of the sport. So she was, it's not like you were saying, get rid of double amputees. It's saying, no, no, there's a way that we can all compete together in that fair state. So I can understand just by looking from the outside and I was a coach there and being a good friend of yours, how much emotional baggage that must have created. Yeah. Yeah. And you would say, I remember sitting down a couple of days before I raced and like I, I said to you at the time, it's like, I, no one is going to beat me here. Like I was, I was so confident that I was, I was indestructible at that point. I just, I, I think this, everything was there and there was just so much energy that was kind of contributing to that moment. And yeah, when you put so much effort into something and you don't take that, there's next step to kind of move on from that, you kind of carry that baggage for a long period of time. And, and that can be detrimental for, for a lot of things. And yeah, relationships, I think is probably the biggest thing that, that, that suffer through those periods of time because yeah, you haven't settled something to then keep living and, and helping the people that are in your life. And what you're speaking about there is essentially a grieving period. So people, we need to remember that, that you had, you you would have gone through a grieving period after that. And if we don't grieve properly through whatever processes, it's not just major adversity. Like you would have had a grieving period when you lost your leg. You have grieving periods when you lose different things. There's a grieving period there. If we don't serve uh, and process emotions and go th- move through that, and if we try and suppress and just move on too fast and go and go through the motions, then it can actually uh, become experiences like what you had. It can be physical injuries. It can be mental or emotional breakdowns. It can be uh, just feeling stuck. And and I, th- I think it's really important for everyone to understand that that the adversity aspect doesn't. Sorry. The level of adversity doesn't mean that it that you will experience grieving or not. It's a matter of if we have a loss of something, that then we go into that period. Sorry, a little tangent there, mate. <laughs> yep, all good. <laughs> I know how you work, mate. <laughs> so if we shift back to looking at things where they're at now in your experience, because you, you mentioned a couple of things there that you see it as an opportunity growing develop. You've been gifted this time. Uh, it's allowed you to sort of work on yourself a lot more. What's, what are some of the main things that you've been doing to work on yourself? Yeah. So something that I, I, I gave, spoke about in the first podcast is something about being mindful and, and practicing mindful techniques and through meditation predominantly. And so for me, when I was kind of, I, when I was originally, we, we had that chat, I was something I was doing quite a bit of. And obviously I was in a really good headspace when, when we last spoke and you're going through all that, that pre, pre-world championship stuff. And, and it was something I practiced regularly, meditation, and something that I was able to kind of, not I'm nowhere near an expert, but be able to get the response that I needed to out of it, I guess, is, is what, I, what, I, what I'm talking about. And I kind of moved away from that a little bit when I was going through this time, just with so many things going on, getting over injury, just life happening. Uni was full time. Um, I was running three businesses, studying at uni and doing all these things. And all of a sudden, the, the healthy patterns that I had and the healthy habits that I had kind of started to disappear. And they started to be introduced again in the last, you know, last 12 months. But I guess now that I've had the chance to be at home a little bit more, spend a little bit more time with myself, I actually have the ability to be able to sit down and go and think and breathe and then actually go, okay, what are we doing today? What are we trying to achieve out of today? Okay, things are different. 
but how can I make it better and how can I make this up this chance while everybody's doing the same thing when I walk out of this at the other end how am I going to be better than the eight other guys or the seven other guys who are going to be standing next to me in that final in Tokyo next year what can I do to be better on the track but what can I also do to be better as a person and and for me getting back and and breathing again is something that's it's been such such a change it's such a game change again and yeah it's it's the foundation I, I still believe it is the foundation because with when you can eliminate what's going on in your mind, you can start introducing the things that you want to be having in your mind rather than the, that there's thousands of things that run through our head every single day and they're just little things. You just I, I, Missing World Champs again because I missed World Champs last year because of injury was actually a really good time as well. Look, there was Vanessa wasn't here, coach wasn't here, squad wasn't here, no one was here. I had basically had no one in my regular environment, which meant that I could actually sit back and, and just – think and listen to podcasts and and just work on myself and that that period of time is probably it kind of came at an optimal time so world chances in november so i did a lot of work in november december and then all this started happening you got hammered by the bushfires earlier this year as well so we've been on a pretty broken Mm -hmm. and inconsistent training well training routine for well basically since the start of this year so yeah as it all kind of rolled in yeah, I knew that it was a, there was some chances to work on some things that I that I you kind of skip over and don't spend the amount of time that you need to. Instead of yeah, you know, yeah, creating a habit in a couple of weeks, you can actually really we can really nail down and actually make sure it is a habit that continues on for years to come, uh, not just something that you kind of introduce for a period of time. So yeah, it just it's given me time, and I think that's been the best thing out of this is it, it's given me time that I've utilised really well. You mentioned there Tokyo, so Tokyo 2020 being the Paralympics that were due to happen this year and they've been postponed. So as an athlete moving into the back end of your career and knowing what it's like where it's not just like last year you started focusing on Tokyo, it was we were in Rio together in 2016. I watched you smoke it down the track and win your gold medal there and I get goosebumps actually just as I breeze over <laughs> that experience. So it's from that point. It's actually before that point. It's probably the Paralympics before that where Tokyo is actually a focus point. And all of a sudden, so close to this pinnacle that you train for and you think about and you put so much prep and time and effort and energy and resources into just gets postponed by you. How does that make you feel? Uh, look, I... <sighs> Honestly, I think every time you've given a some type of setback adversity, whatever you want, whatever way you want to look at this situation, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it the positive, or you can look at it the negative. I mean, for for a young athlete, I think it probably would have been quite tough if they've just made their first team and they're going to go to Tokyo for the first time, and it was all this brand new experience, and you put in so much on the back end of that. If Tokyo was going to be 100% going to be it for you and you've got put your life on hold for four years. I didn't have any set plans. Like Vanessa and I, we, we kind of, you know, we want to have kids and we, we want to start a family and we want to do this, that and the other, but we don't have a set time and a date on that. We're very fluid in, in where our plans kind of roll. And because of that, when this was happen- this all happened, I realised that, yeah, we could go down the negative point or we go down the positive side. And for me, being stuck in a negative frame of mind never is helpful. Like it's, it's something that I always struggle with if I get stuck in the negative and I'm a quite a positive person naturally. And I, I, as soon as that happened, it gave me a chance. I kind of just kind of the pressure valve released. I kind of processed it over, over a week and then again, sat back and went, okay, what can we do? 
and what can we do now to be better than what we are next uh, than, what I, than what I would have been this year and it's given me again it's given me more time it's yeah you know, I'm, I'm just on the back of an injury as of last year I'm back to 100% but you know a bit more time now is not a bad thing it's it's give me that chance to yeah like I said work on things that I haven't been able to work on like I'm in a better probably a better frame of mind a better physical state than what I was had we have kept on pushing on like I've, I've had yeah kind of the older I'm getting I'm as of tomorrow I'm I'm filming this or recording this. I'll be 30 tomorrow. So yeah, I'm getting, getting on and, and You're getting wiser, mate. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah absolutely. hundred percent. But in, in that, in, but in athletic terms, you know, we mm. only have a certain amount of days on the clock. That is the sheer reality of, of what we do. And it gets a little bit harder. And the body the last couple of years has been, been telling me that there's things that are not quite right. So this time now I'm, I'm actually probably the less, the most pain free I've been in, in, three years so just because give give myself time do the rehab get everything right now to make sure that you know when when tokyo does come around next year that you know it's not just about you know me going out there and defending my title like i want to go out there and run 11 seconds that's 100 percent what happens and that's what's going to happen and i'll be running you know, hopefully 11 9 11 8 would be even more ideal that's the goal and we're going to try and do everything that we possibly can mentally and physically to make sure that that's actually going to happen and this has been a really good time period to be able to make that happen. And that's always been the goal. And I think I probably may have struggled a little bit if had it had been this year. So yeah, once that pressure valve kind of got released, then yeah, I've been in much better position now and, and just working on things from a, a mental point of view more than a physical point of view and and working on some imagery stuff to make sure that, yeah, even though Tokyo is not going to be this year, yeah, I'll probably run that race in Tokyo yeah, you know, a thousand, two thousand times before before it actually comes around to next year, and it's something that's really, really kind of developed a lot since two thousand sixteen. In twenty, uh, when I when we're in Rio, is visualization was something that I did and something that I proactively did. But how I did it was probably not exactly the way that it should have been done. So working with the psychologist again, just to kind of reintroduce some of those things to and and kind of refine some of the those mental imagery things. It means that regardless of whether I'm at training or not, I'm still training because reality, when I stand on that start line, your physical capability really has very, very limited. Well, it's very limited. What's going to go on in here, you stand at that start line, the physical stuff's done. Yeah. It, it makes absolutely no difference at that point, what you've done, but that point, how you are mentally and what you've been able to do mentally prepare for that moment is going to be vastly more important than what you've done physically. And I, the fact that I've won, I've probably already won Tokyo 500 times in here. <laughs> and that's, yeah, for me, that's, it's, it's, it's so, but then like just with the, with the imagery that I'm using as well, like I can, I can generate the feeling of standing at the start line, like that, that moment where kind of everything goes silent, your breath kind of gets taken away from you, close your eyes and everything's tingling just a little bit. Like those, those emotions and those feelings that you get, through this imagery, I can actually reproduce those. So when that comes, it's like when that tinglingness comes, like, oh, yeah, here we go. We're ready to go because it's, it's normal. And then, yeah, just the whole race, you can just, yeah, the emotions that you can actually, well, you can trick your mind into feeling is, is pretty incredible. That's the power of imagery, of visualization. And that's why I utilize it with people I work with, not just for athletes, but for everyone. So for everyone listening, you don't have to be an athlete to get the power of that. 
what you just spoke about there is the true magic of it. That's when you know you're doing it right because you feel something. So we can create the visual image in our mind of what we want to achieve and we can go through that process. But when you can attach the emotions and the feelings with it at the same time, that's when you're getting the real breakthroughs. And that's proof that we know that every emotion has a chemical reaction and we know that your thoughts are linked to your feelings and your emotions. So you can think about being at that start line and you can trigger an emotion that gives you a chemical reaction, which is what you feel. That's proof in itself there that, oh, that's not just some scientific um, guess. That's fact. That's what, and what that does neurologically is you're creating the new, as you know, but it kind of just explain this to the listeners, but you're creating those neural pathways in your mind. Like you said, you've already, you haven't just won that race. You went right back to, you've stood at that start line you've felt the energy of a full crowd of tens of thousands of people in that moment when you're about to start, you know, that tingly feeling like when it comes up in reality for next year in Tokyo, you're like, cool, this is normal. You don't have to get worried about it. You don't let your mind go there. You just come back to the focus point of your breath and be ready to execute. And you think about that with, so you know you're thinking about this 500 times, but for everyone else, like every tiny little <laughs> movement into the blocks, movement out of the blocks, down the track, even that um, crossing the finish line, every little element of that, you start playing that through over and over and over and over and over. That's where the neural wiring comes into the physical aspects as well. I know who my money's on yeah. for Tokyo, mate, if you keep this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lynn, it, <laughs> I, it, it's fascinating. Like, it's something that I, I'd read read about and listened to a number of times in podcasts. But when I sat down with my psychologist, we actually discussed it. It's that through this imagery, you, your body actually and your brain brain doesn't actually realize that you're actually not doing it. Like if you keep going through it, it, it hardwires itself into a point that it becomes, it doesn't know whether you haven't done it or you haven't, have, have or haven't done it. it. It just becomes normal. So, so when you do stand at that point, and, and one of the examples that I was listening about is that you know, when you're going into that job interview and, the people who do use imagery and place themselves in that stressful environment and, and take themselves out of their comfort zone, when they get into those environments, they're far more successful than the people who just rock up in there kind of, they're prepared, but they're not mentally prepared for, for what's about to come. And if you can kind of eliminate all what might happen and like in the, all these races that I've won, there's so many things that I've played out, like bad start, good start, yeah, behind at 10 metres, in front by a mile at 10 metres, behind at 10 metres to go. Like there's so many things that you can play out, but each of those things, you, you stop, you think, you collect your thoughts and you do what you need to do to be to be successful and whatever that may be for, for each person and whatever they're doing. Success is obviously very different. But, yeah, it's it's so valuable. It's what you're saying there is the fact that our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and fantasy and our external reality is a result of how we've fed our subconscious mind anyway. So if we're experiencing things in our external reality that we're not happy with and we're continually resentful for or triggered by, we've got to look back to, well, what's the language that we're feeding our subconscious mind? Because our actions are a result of our belief systems. Our belief systems are a result of the language that we're feeding through our subconscious mind. So what you're doing is you're feeding that subconscious mind a belief system that you're a fucking winner. And you're a winner by doing the work and going through the processes, not by just picturing yourself there. It's by knowing also you've got that conviction behind you because you're doing the physical work as an athlete. You're doing everything that's got to go into it. Like you said, you feel better now than what you have in three years' time. Uh, sorry, in the last three years. So the, the, the 
I'm going to say it again because it can kind of blow people away if they haven't been exposed to it. But the subconscious mind does not know the difference between reality and fantasy. And that's why you winning that race so many times in your head, your subconscious mind doesn't know whether you have done that or not. And that's why it's creating the neural networks and the emotional connections of that because whatever we feed it is what is the reality subconsciously. Yeah. Can you imagine how powerful that actually is when we get to race once every two years on the international stage? If you can prepare to do that and you do that every single day, it's normal. And if nobody else is doing that, they're getting this big overwhelming experience once every four years at a Paralympic Games. But yeah, I do it every day. It's, it's just, it's normal for me. And those stresses that come from those stressful environments, they don't exist anymore. It just becomes, okay, this is what I'm here to do. And this is what I've been doing for the last two years. It's just another opportunity to go out there and, and execute and just put another thing in the brain that says that, yep, you can do it. Going back to how this has been an opportunity and you're growing and developing, you've been gifted time and you're feeling better over the last few years. Two parts of this question. Can you just give us a little brief of what training looks like now? Because you're a sprinter and you said training in your garage, but there's not a hundred meter track. There's no in your garage there in Canberra. And then also off the back of that, I want to ask if you believe that we can all thrive in these challenging times, like what you're experiencing uh, and, and not just survive. And if so, what's your, what's your thoughts around that? Yeah. So we, we are, predominantly kicking out of the garage in at the moment. So yeah, we've got a Vanessa and I actually got a really good setup in the gym at the moment. We went and bought a couple of pieces of equipment. So we're actually pretty close to training at not full capacity, but not too far away from it. Went and bought a cable machine. So for Vanessa and I that's kind of the the optimal thing for us. So in terms of gym stuff, we're yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of thereabouts and we're able to do probably some of those exercises a year you do for a brief period of time, but we can do them for a little bit longer and make sure that we're progressing a little bit more. We are still running, which is, which is handy, but we're just doing a lot more technical stuff at the moment. So, and, but that's also, that's the technical stuff, as you would know, is, is the foundation. And there's no point going and, and trying to run fast all the time if you can't fundamentally execute what you need to be able to. Yeah, so that's, for me, is, is, is the biggest thing. Um, the second part of that was how to thrive through this. Look, yeah, I know, before you go it. into that question, just on that running part, what's the rules? Because there's obviously the social distancing and everything in place. Uh, you guys are a part of a squad. How does it work where you're able to be at the track training at the moment? And she's very lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got one at a time. So things are, one at a time. Things are changing. One yeah, person yep. on the track, uh, on a 400-meter track, you and the coach, one at a time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what we've got at the at the present moment. And just over the last few weeks, there's obviously been some changes with what's going on. The So we're, we're starting to become more and more, I think, over the next little period of time. It should start to get a little bit easier. And hopefully there is talk at some point. I think the next step is to go back to having 10 people at the track at a time, mm. which still is, <laughs> isn't that many people at a track that's 400 metres long and then you've got the infield as well and everything else that's going on. So, yeah, but, but it's... It's all right. Like it's, for me, it's been okay because I've been prepared for it. And it, it's something that we, we quite often had a chat about, Robbo, is that resilience is not something that you – resilience needs to be practised, not necessarily for now. Resilience needs to be practised for when something happens. And any person who has been practising good mental clarity and, and resilience is now probably thriving more than everybody else. 
because they were prepared for this. I, when this happened, I, I never really saw it as a bad thing. I, I saw it gave, gave me a chance to do things that don't normally happen and gave me a chance to be better than what I ever have been. And there hasn't really been a negative emotion for me attached to this. But you see, like I don't watch too much and I try to kind of separate myself from what the, the traditional negative media, media is. But you see so much of the way that people are, are reacting to this. Like I still have a job and I'm still getting paid to, what I, to do what I'm doing. So it, it is a little bit different. But, but the reality for a lot of people is that their biggest restriction through this is their mind. It's not what they're going through. It's that they're not prepared for for this situation. They weren't prepared for any type of situation that was going to be some type of adversity for them or or some type of big challenge. And I think that hopefully what comes out of this is people become more aware that they need to be prepared mentally for something like this. Because if you if you think that this is this is extremely tough, like the reality is and you wake up tomorrow and your legs might not be able to work. I mean, that is the reality. Like it's this, this is so minor in the big picture, but it can become major if we allow it to. And that's what resilience is, is for me. And it always has been is that we, we need to make sure we da- minimize the downs on, on in, in life and, and make sure we ma- maximize the ups. And, and, and a lot of people probably don't know your situation, Robbo, but yeah, things dry up pretty quick when you work in the business like we do and yeah, going and meeting people face to face and, and, and sport is no longer allowed to happen. So how do you deal with that? And I see someone in front of me who's, who's thriving, even though that they're probably, I don't know the exact details, but I wouldn't be surprised if 90% of your work's dried up. But what are you doing? And the things that you've done and the things that you'll continue to do still make you happy. You've set yourself up plenty of times in the, in the last you know, five, ten years. So you're at a point now where whatever happens, mentally you're fine. And if mentally you're fine, you work it out. Yeah, yeah you're right, mate. And, and I've shared that on the podcast that uh, within that first week of everything changing, we lost 80% of our income. And, you know, we've made up for that a little bit now. It's far from it. But at the same time, we're like, it's what, what can we do? What can we focus on? How can we still give? And then more so in the recent times, it's been, I've realized, okay, this is a gift of time that will never be so prevalent again. So I'm maximizing that as well and, and utilizing it to give. So getting back into the podcast more, being more quality time with my family, doing more around all that sort of stuff. So, but you, you mentioned there about, um, Actually, there's a few things that I wanted to touch on, but what I would love to do is because you talk about this not being the last challenge and that resili- that this is building your resilience to help you prepare for the next challenge or adversity or crisis in our life because there will be more. You and your beautiful wife, Vanessa, are no strangers to adversity and challenge and crisis. And I would love to for you to go and retrieve your beautiful wife and bring her in. And I'd love to ask a couple of questions to both of you from, from here on in. Yeah, absolutely. Give me a couple and I'll go grab her. All right. Vanessa, you've been summoned. <laughs> Vanessa, Hi. hello. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm bloody brilliant. All the better for seeing you. <laughs> and the and he, dog's here too, Milo. So for people who are just listening to this as a podcast, they've got a beautiful little dog between. What breed is the dog? He's a Boston Terrier. Boston Terrier. Yeah. We've got a couple of mates who've got Boston Terriers at the moment and once a week we get them both over here. So yesterday we actually had four dogs over here. So 
Yeah, and that's the thing as well. You find things that make you happy during bad times and you've got dogs running around being madmen and, and loving you all the time. It's always a good thing too. So. <laughs> Vanessa, Scotty has really set things up here. We're going to dive deep pretty um, pretty much straight away. He's answered all the superficial questions and just set us up to go deep. I What we're sort of talking about here is how this this time in everybody's life is not the last time that they're going to experience challenge or a crisis or adversity and how this can be an opportunity for them to to learn from it and grow as an individual to prepare themselves for it. But what I would love to hear, and I want to hear it from both of you. So if Vanessa, if you want to let Scotty go first, because he's kind of warmed up into the conversation or not, I'll let you happily married couple work that out. But I'd love to hear how your experiences of Yes, your major adversity of both of you losing limbs, but then any other challenges and adversities you've had in your life. So it might've been, and you don't have to list them, but just how, so it might've been, you know, major injuries. It could have been anything mentally or emotionally that you've experienced, but how, how you believe that your experiences of challenges of adversities in your life have helped you accept this one and move through this and how, and what you think just give any little gold nuggets that people listening might be able to warm to. Do you want it or do you want me to take it? Um, no, I can go. Yeah, so for me, in the past, it has proven that those difficult patches in life really are an opportunity to question everything you thought you believed and really question all the plans you've made for yourself and allow the now and allow the present and allow everything that, you know, is waiting for you into your life. And often... Those kind of improvisations, I'd probably say, in life really shape my life into something positive if I let it to be. So for me, my accident obviously was a huge adversity. But once I kind of settled into the idea that, you know, I'm never going to return back to normal because my legs were gone and all that that happened, happened. But once I really allowed all these to create opportunities and um, adapted my mindset and adapted my days of where I want to be in life, that's when all the magic happened and when all those great opportunities in life came up in representing my country and really pushing my boundaries and sport, but also meeting amazing people along the way. And I think if I really would have just gotten stuck in um, trying to return back to normal, right? trying to return back to how everything were, I would have missed out on all these amazing things. I think that's a really beautiful point too, because you speak about it from places of um, big challenges and big adversities. And some people, like we were just talking about, Scotty, some people are experiencing this challenge and this crisis a lot deeper and a lot harder than, and then some other people. However, one thing that you said there that was really beautiful was that if you tried to go back to the normal or if you allowed yourself to go back to the normal, then you kind of limit yourself for growth. So I think that's a really important message for people to realize there as we move into the the quote unquote new norm, it's important for them not to try and go back to old destructive behaviors and old destructive habits. This is the opportunity to kind of clear the slate or move forward from the growth. But I do want to challenge you on something. You said that the adversities have allowed it to be, uh, or the challenging times has been an opportunity to question the ideas and the beliefs that you had about life and, and allowed it to shape differently. So what about for those listening who are thinking, well, what's the point of having visions and ideas and beliefs about a, a beautiful future if we might be challenged by it anyway? 
That's that's a tricky one. It is very important to have visions and goals, but I think it's also very important to stay adaptable in life because things change all the time. So if we so focus on a vision and on adaptive in our behaviours and in in changing how we get there and maybe even changing some of the parts the vision encloses, then we get stuck because like at some point um, life will throw something at us and it makes it impossible impossible to reach that vision or goal that we had in mind. So if we don't question all these ideas and visions constantly and challenge ourselves to say, you know, maybe I can reach beyond what we thought was possible, maybe, you know, what was what we thought was the best thing in the world and we wanted to achieve maybe after all that's not for us so I agree it's a challenging principle in you know setting goals and having that big vision that big picture in mind and working towards it by the same time you know question it constantly and constantly adapt to the different situation life throws at us Beautiful. It becomes the compass, right? So if we don't have those goals and those visions to move towards, then we don't have a compass to to draw us and to bring out the best and for us to do the work to keep continually improve and move in that direction. Adaptability. I love that that was the the answer that came out because that's exactly what is being challenged with everyone right now. And that's what, like you said, that's what gets challenged with you every time. You can have these clear visions of everything, even for you guys. Okay, here's Tokyo 2020. This is when we're going to perform. This is where it's all at. Bang, it's taken away from you. So I'm sure that that's happened quite a few times. Actually, on that adaptability, you know, you hear of IQ and EQ and everything these days. So AQ is adaptability intelligence, which is a big thing that they're starting to talk about a lot too. And uh, Amber Hawken and I, who you guys know, who do a lot of work with, whenever we're building out stuff together or working together and, and we get to a point where we're challenged and we know it's time to adapt, we just look at each other and we've got this little saying, AQ motherfucker, which means, all right, we've got to shift. We've got to shift and just do what we know is right. <laughs> so for everyone listening, I think what Vanessa just said was, AQ motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's so true, right? And life, life is so fluid, mate. It's like so many things can take us in so many different directions. And if we're going to be rigid in our thoughts, we're never going to achieve what we need to. And like, who would have thought that, you know, when you sit down and my start of life that I was going to take the paths that I have? No one would have thought that. And every experience is a chance to grow and develop and, and, be, and be better. And why... Why does this situation have to be bad? And I think if we embrace it and we accept it, this here has the ability to give us a huge amount and can actually change our lives in a positive way if we allow it. On a little bit of a shift for both of you, if you set these goals and visions, and yes, you are adaptable and you have, so you're both Paralympic and world champions. And that's obviously the goal as you move forward is to, to retain your titles and obviously to be better than yourself than you were previously. Is it a failure in your career if you have set a goal to achieve something and you didn't get there? No. I even that question your question because that's not necessarily the ultimate goal because in athletics or in sports in general the outcome of every competition is outside our control we can control you know our own performances and you know our own day-to-day training but like if someone is better on the day you know it's not my failure it's my failure if I let other people's action control you know my definition of success and I think um, that is very helpful in this situation it's like you know all the plans we had towards Tokyo changed 
but that was outside our control. What we, what we can control now is how we approach the situation and having both of us at the same page, um, it gives us more time to be better, to be, you know, an even bigger version or better version of, of ourselves. And I think that's both of our goals and that should be every athlete's goal is to be the best version possible of yourself on the day when it comes down to, you know, showing what you work for. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess it's probably re- really quite relatively easy for us to kind of put something in perspective there. It's like if I come out and run 11.8 seconds and I get beaten or if Vanessa comes out and jumps five and a half metres and gets beaten, is that a failure? It's it's something that nobody else has done up until that point. It's something far, it exceeds what we thought was possible in our in our body, but somebody was better. Does that mean that I'm a failure? Absolutely not. Like I've done something that, like if I can go out and run a PB and we both can go out and run personal best and, and compete, at the absolute best that we possibly can, and we get beaten, there's no way in the world that's a failure. Like, just because somebody else's performance is better doesn't dictate my internal, my, my internal assessment of what the, the situation was or what the, what the event was. So, yeah, I get, for me, it's always about running as fast as I can. And, yeah, if, if I can do that and I get beaten, then, look, that's, that's the way it was. Someone was better on the day, and if I... If I did absolutely everything I could and execute that race, as Vanessa said, as best as we possibly could, then that's a big tick in the box and go, okay, we'll learn from that and what can we do next time to be even better? The, one of the four agreements is always do your best. And if you live by that agreement, then that's why, that's why you guys have the perspective that you do. So lots of people think about or don't want to move towards those goals and visions like we talked about before in they might, they, they might convince themselves that they're, they have a fear of failure. Whereas I actually question, do you have a fear of doing the work? Because the failure isn't a failure if you do the work, but you don't achieve that end goal. The failure is if you don't take the first step, if you don't follow through, if you don't take momentum, if you don't challenge yourself, if you don't actually move in the direction of that compass, regardless of whether you get there or not. And I love the way you started that to answer that question where, where you challenged my question straight away. So thanks, Vanessa. I always love a good challenge. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like to hear from both of you now, do you, do you guys have any beliefs around why, what, what is actually happening and why this is actually happening in terms of the whole world is experiencing a pandemic together. The whole world is experiencing this crisis. The whole world is shut down at different, in different ways. And, you know, I say one of my beliefs is that I, I believe it's an opportunity where everyone's sort of getting shaken into consciousness all at once to say, Hey, guess what? The way that we were living and over consuming and not giving a shit about each other or the health or connection or all of these things, it's not the best. It's not sustainable. Here's an opportunity to go, Oh, hang on. What is sustainable for the world? Do you guys have any beliefs around what we're currently experiencing and well, would you I, like I think, to share? <laughs> yeah, I think you are dead, right? It's, it's I, regardless of whether you're, you're superstitious or you have any type of beliefs, I think what it is, it's given the world an opportunity. It, it has, you're right, it's given everyone a, a bit of a wake-up call and it's if you are living a life of going to work every day, coming home, being disconnected from the family, jumping on your phone and just kind of numbing away your life, it's probably got to a point where you can't really do that. It's not sustainable for eight hours a day or even even longer if you are spending the whole time at home. So, and if you haven't got those those positive stimulus coming through with you know, going to visit your friends, having a few drinks, whatever that may be that make you happy, if you can't do that, then all of a sudden it starts, it makes people realise 
what they have, what they don't have, and what they want. And this, like I said, a, a perfect chance for the world to kind of sit up and go, look, we weren't doing the right things here. We could, we can actually better as a civilization. We can actually, you know, we can actually move the world in a much better position. And if, like we said, if we allow it, it can change our lives positive in a positive way. It's actually quite funny when I hold, when I do presentation for like corporation or schools or whatever it really is, I often get the feedback that they see I had those huge adversities in life and that gave me the opportunity to, you know, form all these goals and visions and really be so walking up, walking up in the pursuit of, you know, making a path in my life that is worth pursuing. And they often say, what if you don't have those big adversities in life? So like how do you make such a massive shift if you don't ever go through adversity? And I think now we as a, as a, as a collective have a big opportunity to make that huge shift, not just in, like in our personal development, but also in political beliefs and, you know, like understanding the interconnectivity around the world and how close everything is and actually really like gain interest in like what is actually important to me and question or ask yourself all these questions um, that may make you do different decisions in the future, even when things go back to um, what we call normal. Spot on, huh? It's yeah. Like, we, we, we often speak around, you obviously speak to a lot of people, that said a lot of people, including yourself, probably had an adversity or one point that was that, was that, that aha moment. It's like things need to change and that I need to change what I'm doing to be able to do this. And all of a sudden, everyone in the world has this moment at the same time and there's going to be people that go both ways with it. There's going to be people who react and respond to it and actually go down a path that creates a more positive environment and positive environment for themselves and their family and there's going to be people that go the other direction as well. So this is the entire world suffering adversity at the same time. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a valid point too when you put it like that. I used to say a lot to people, don't wait for the tsunami to hit. Prepare yourself now and then realise actually most people are waiting for the tsunami because they don't have that internal drive and, and they're looking for an excuse or a reason to really dig deep and do the work and that's why I think that kind of question gets raised with you when you do your presentations and I hadn't thought about it like that right now, but this is kind of everyone. No one's got an excuse now. No one has not experienced a tsunami at some sort of level. Some people are thriving through this business-wise, mentally, emotionally, and everything. So maybe it hasn't been a, a major challenge. However, guaranteed there is some sort of challenges and adaptability required through all of this. So coming back to AQ, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I Guys, <laughs> I could uh, actually pick your brains for so much longer. However, I do know that uh, you you have a beautiful dog to get back to. You're doing up your new home at the moment. You're uh, in between training sessions, even though you're from your garage at the moment. You've got you've still got a lot of you've got a lot of being to do as well. I won't take up any more of your being. But do you have anything? Is there anything that you would like to ask? Uh, sorry, leave the the listeners with any last little thing you'd like to share. Embrace this time. Embrace it for what it is positively and allow this time to challenge the way that you thought, as Vanessa was just speaking about, and become, become something else. Why, why go back to quote-unquote normal? Why do you have to be who you always were? Why not become someone who is better than that what they were before this started? Yeah, become a more resilient, more adaptable person and a more adaptable human and yeah, become better. Why not? 
Yeah, I really challenge people, would really like to challenge people to open their eyes to all the positive changes this period of time has offered us, um, all the time at home, all the time with our friends and family and, you know, really all the, what we thought was a challenge actually proven to be something positive and really try to think about how we can implement that in the future, how we can you know, create something that is sustainable in the sense of obviously you need to go to work and obviously you need to do all these things to to make a living and go back to some sort of normalcy. By the same time, what of those changes can you implement and keep and maintain to better your life in the future? Yeah. And one last challenge on the back of what Vanessa just said then is that if you have made a huge amount of positive change in your life or even a small amount of positive change, I challenge you to make sure you maintain that and grow and develop that because when things go back to whatever it is, whatever everyone's normal ends up being, don't just go back to normal because it's convenient. Maintain these healthy habits. Maintain the things that you're doing well. Maintain that human connection that you probably have with, with friends, family and kids that you probably just had disconnect because we don't have quote-unquote time. I challenge you to maintain the positive things that have come out of this situation. Beautiful. Everyone listening accepts that challenge, so we'll check in uh, as we move forward. Vanessa and Scotty, you are legends. You are genuine, authentic souls, and you have a perspective of the world that is not only shaped through challenge and adversity, but allows you to handle challenge and adversity and help others through their challenge and adversity. Keep shining your abundant lights to the world, legends. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Thanks, bye-bye. There you go, legends. Adversities are always opportunities to grow and develop. If you don't think so, just look at the lives of these two genuine human souls who have tragically lost their legs and turned that into an opportunity to become the best versions of themselves and the best in the world at their chosen sports. Make sure you follow Scotty and Vanessa online, scottreardon.com.au and just search for Scott Reardon on Facebook and Instagram and his company is srsports.com.au and for Vanessa, you'll find her on Instagram and Facebook as Vanessa Lowe. Let me know you heard this podcast and what you took from it. Let Scotty and Vanessa know that you heard this podcast and what they t- what you took from it. They love connecting with and hearing from people. And remember, if you're keen to see what my favorite tee and hoodie of Scotty's brand looks like, reach out to me on social media or via email and I'll show you a pic or a video. The world needs great role models right now and Scotty and Vanessa sure are shining that light by being the change that they want to see in the world. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.